what's up? This is Travis Clark from We The Kings, and you are listening to PS Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. It's the big music episode, and coming up, you get two big music guests. First, Chris Drew of Never Shout Never discusses the basic underlying theme behind most every one of his band's songs. So I started learning a lot of like whole piece songs start out, just kind of three chords in the truth. And Chris will also discuss the palette of sounds that he explored on his new album, Time Travel. And uh, speaking of a palette of sounds, we'll be talking to Lights. And Lights discusses working with the less and less reclusive Adam Young of Owl City, as she appeared in his video for the song Veer in the Headlights. He's even come more out of his shell than ever. He was amazing. He's actually been to shoot in L.A. Lights will also discuss her brand new album, Siberia. Just came out last week. But first, as always, fake news! Fake news with me. BlackBerry has fixed network outages worldwide. Customers reported lengthy blackouts in Europe, Asia, Africa, and parts of the Americas for several days. BlackBerry users were unable to get email, access the web, or to carry on loud conversations in public places. Herman Cain is becoming the frontrunner in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. This is due largely to his 999 tax plan, in which individual income tax will be 9%, corporate taxes would be 9%, and there would be a 9% federal sales tax. Oddly, 999 is what they dial in the UK when there's been a disaster or some other sort of emergency. Back on October 2nd, Herman Cain announced that he should have stood up for a gay soldier who was booed at the September 22nd Republican debate. September 22nd, that happened. And on October 2nd, he said he should have said something. Ten days. That's the kind of decisive leadership we need in 2012. Don't worry, there's one coming from the other end in a, at the end of the newscast. Uh, the King of Bhutan got married this week. Every citizen got a commemorative lighter. Do people still use butane lighters? I don't even know if that makes sense. Anyway, the fifth dragon king came down from his golden throne to place a silk crown upon the head of his bride. Monks chanted in celebration, and she took her seat beside him Thursday morning. The new queen of the tiny Himalayan nation. Following the wedding of King Jigma Kesa Nagmial Wang Chuk to his commoner bride, his highness invited everyone to Wang Chuk tonight. Yeah, that was a long way to go, I agree. Several pundits are speculating over whether or not the U.S. will take military action against Iran following that nation's involvement in an assassination plot involving the Saudi ambassador to the U.S. The White House says it has no such plans, but one senior official at the Pentagon uh, added, And we wouldn't want Israel to bomb targets in Iran. No, sir. We would be very cross if Israel bombed targets in Iran. So we don't want them getting that idea. No Israel bombing targets in Iran. Occupy Wall Street apparently is nothing new in the annals of U.S. protest movements. American history is dotted with popular movements like Occupy Wall Street, particularly in times of great economic hardship. There was Coxey's Army, which united unemployed workers in a march on Washington, D.C. in 1894. And in the spring of 1932, the Bonus Army, largely unemployed World War I veterans and their families, occupied public lands in Washington, D.C., demanding immediate cash payments for services and bonuses that they were due to receive in 1945. President Herbert Hoover resisted their calls and ultimately ordered their camps to be cleared from government property. He was a sweet man. And just this week, thousands of people sat outside of Apple stores around the country demanding new iPhone 4S. 
Hank Williams Jr. has released a new song in the wake of his firing by ESPN as the spokes redneck for Monday Night Football. Williams, appearing on Fox and Friends a few weeks back, compared President Obama golfing with House Speaker John Boehner uh, to Adolf Hitler playing a few rounds of golf with Israeli leader Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, many people came out in support of Hank Williams Jr., saying that the comparison was innocuous, historical, and uh, that would be true if President Obama wanted to exterminate Republicans instead of trying to become one. And that's been Fake News with me. This is Dan Buckles interrupting this program. Dateline, war. Washington, D.C. The recording industry has submitted a request to the Senate Judiciary Committee to add a new layer of protection to the copyright laws. For more, we go live to Matt Stringer in the nation's capital, Matt. Thank you, Dad. I'm here with RIAA spokesperson Bob Hordbacker. Bob, what kind of protection does the recording industry now seek? Well, Matt, as you know, we have successfully gone after people who illegally copy CDs and people who share music files over the Internet. And speaking of the Internet, we have also been able to cripple Internet radio broadcasts by imposing exorbitant fees on those operations. And so, what's next? Our first step is to ask for royalties to be paid when a song gets stuck in your head. I'm not sure I follow. Let's say you go over to a friend's house and he has a stereo on. You hear a catchy tune. The next day you're at work and you find that that song is stuck in your head. You keep singing it over and over to yourself and then whistling the melody. I think that's happened to a lot of people. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that song is being used. We feel illegally. Uh, how's that? The song is stuck in your head. You're singing it, enjoying it, but you haven't paid for it. You're getting something for nothing, and the artist, the publisher especially, and for God's sake, the record company. Record companies are suffering. Oh, really? And we'll take legal action against people with songs stuck in their heads. So there. Uh, back to you, Dan. Thank you, Matt. This is Dan Buckles. When news breaks in, we break out. And now, a word from our sponsor. Your friends are awesome at rock band, but you can't even make it through one song. Oh, man. But now you can have just as much fun as your more talented and more coordinated friends with the Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Check, 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 check. Little higher, little higher. Check, 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 check. How's that? Check, check. Get your friends tuned up and get their levels set before they start shredding. Is that clipping? I think that's clipping, little. What do you think? Want to try it again? But make sure you do a good job or your butt will fail. Dude! And you'll wind up at the merch tip. The long sleeve tee is 40 bucks. Yeah, here you go. Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack, available now. Coming soon, Rock Band Groupie Pack and Rock Band Ticket Scalper Pack. Nothing is real. 
know this cause I made a deal With the devil He told me that I was just wasting my time on the moon So I flew to the sun Lost track of my soul on the run Suffering 12 degree burns I learned that the sun was no fun So I ran back to earth Tripped and fell in the glorified dirt Honestly gravity sees me as a liability So I held my breath Till my soul left my body for dead Chris Engel started Never Shout Never as a solo project, but it's since grown into a full band. Their new album is Time Travel, and this is the title track from that CD. Right now we're going to talk to Chris Engel about the new album and all of his musical influences. Okay, joining us on PF State Recorder, Chris Engel from Never Shout Never. Chris, welcome to the welcome to the show. Oh, dude, I'm stoked, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, been enjoying the new album uh, quite a bit. We just got it yesterday, but uh, I've been really enjoying it. Seems a lot thicker than the uh, last couple of albums. A uh, lot, lot more. Yeah, man, we just kept we just kept stacking, man. We just <laughs> kept stacking those tracks. <laughs> there was no limits to where we could pull this album. I mean, um, the way I looked at this album is. I kind of wanted to go kind of the dark side of the moon approach, use a lot of synth work, um, and uh, still keep it pretty rocking with some trippy-ass chords and some big harmonies and things like that. Um, definitely a, probably our most electronic album that I'll ever do, uh, but, you know, I just I just feel like it was kind of necessary on this one. It was just fun, and it was just kind of where I was at. I'm kind of out of that phase of synth, a lot of synth work, but um, it, was, it was a hell of a time, though. I mean... I was just I was just playing synth after synth after synth after synth, and it just kept adding up. And things just kind of clicked on this one. It was really fun. Well, coincidentally, uh, Lights is the other guest on uh, this episode of the podcast, so kind of weird oh, how that cool. worked out. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I do hear a lot of things going on in the album. Uh, I hear a little Beach Boys. I hear uh, you know a little bit of kind of everything really going back across the pantheon of, of pop music. Were you influenced by a lot of different things uh, when you were learning to play? Yeah, I mean, it's really, I mean, I've, I've just learned a lot of chords from uh, a lot of classics, you know. That's that's where I kind of learned my, my chord stuff. Uh, for this album, it was a little a little more, like, basic, and I was just more worried about just, you know, layers and things like that. The chord progressions were pretty good, pretty good on this album, um, but they weren't really anything too special. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I got influenced pretty much by everybody. I mean, I tried to, I always try to put a little bit of, little bit of Beach Boys and Beatles into the albums, and on this one I was kind of going for more of a trippy vibe, Yeah, but uh, it, yeah, it's cool. Trippy is the key word, that's what my uh, my wife described it as before she even read the uh, the notes that came with the CD. She's like, trippy, that's what I said, it was trippy. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Were you a uh, musical growing up, or did you suddenly get interested in music at some point, or how did that come about? Yeah, it was, yeah I was about 14 whenever I picked the guitar, and I was like, hey, this is great. My dad started teaching me some Dylan songs, and I was like, Dylan, what's this little bit? And then I checked it out, and I was like, oh, so I started learning a lot of, like, folky songs start out, just kind of three chords and the truth, you know, that kind of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. So got into that, and then from there, kind of got into some Beatles songs, and then 
kind of into some more like modern modern stuff. And but yeah, whenever I was like fourteen, I picked up the guitar and kind of just knew I wanted to pursue that just because it it just seemed right. Now, like uh, Lights and Owl City and folks like that, you're kind of part of this new generation of. Uh of young musicians who really have never been in a label structure to start off with. You really guys all started out online and then kind of like they came to you. Was that a kind of a plan you had or it just, it just happened that way? Oh yeah, it just happened. I mean, I was, I was too young to make plans. <laughs> I was just kind of, I was in my own little, uh, little universe for quite some time. You know, it worked out, man. And we're honestly in a, just about the best position I could ask for. I'm, I'm just stoked on where we're at right we're, we have a lot of freedom, and we're—I uh, mean—we're literally able to do whatever we want. We're able to produce all our own albums and uh, release whatever we want, which is really, really exciting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. I'm—I'm I'm not the type of guy that's looking for a huge hit or anything. I'm kind of a slow and steady type of worker, you know. And I think, I think that the more albums you put out, the more depth you put into a project. I think that that's going to hold true longevity and true purpose instead of you know, blowing up with a big single or, you know, you know, just hitting MTV super hard or things like that, yeah. you know? So that's kind of where I'm at is just keeping pumping out songs and uh, just be stoked that we have the ability to literally do whatever we want. So, so you've got a pretty broad uh, palette then. You've kind of, you know, you've been able to create uh, with all with all the albums. So do you feel pretty comfortable that you could kind of move into experiment with any kind of sound that came into your head? Yeah, I really don't think that there's going to be any limits to the project just because music's evolving a lot these days too, you know, and some some is devolving, some is evolving, and uh, I don't know, we just want to be part of the evolution, you know, and we don't, we don't want to, we want to show other bands and show these kids that you don't have to play the same for your entire career, your entire life, you can, you know, if you're, every month you can change up what you listen to, you can change up, you know what I mean, music's so moody. I know I go through so many different types of music all the time whenever I'm a listener. And uh, we just kind of want to show that, you know, there, there shouldn't be any limits to where a band can go or what a project can even be, you know, because I know this, this project started out as a solo thing and now we're definitely in, into the full band vibe. And I don't know, it's just it's just tight, man. I've been having a great time. Do you have a lot of ideas in the back of your head for things you'd like to do, like concept-wise for albums or just even songs in general? Yeah, we're actually about to go back. After, right after we get off this tour, we're going to go back and record a four-song EP. It's a little more rock-influenced. It's going to be called The Psychedelic Blues. And it's, uh, it's definitely going to be pretty rock and roll. Um, I'm actually really excited on what I've, what I've put into it. I've, I've written all the structures out with um, some pretty impressive chord progression, progressions that I've never seen used before. Um, some some changes from different seventh chords to other seventh chords that don't really make sense, but somehow my mind tied them together. And uh, I'm, I'm, this is probably uh, an EP that I'm most stoked about. I think just I think it's going to blow time travel out of the water for sure. Just because um, it's going to be a little more just rock, less a lot less. I mean, no synth work on this. We're probably never going to do synth work again. Just because. We just don't want it to be a gimmick, yeah. you know. And, uh, well, that's a shame. I'm a big fan of uh, of synth work. Oh, I mean, yeah, I love the synth work, uh, you know, but yeah. that might be as far as I want to go. Sure. Um, at least with the Never Shop project, you know, and 
I just I like I like how Pink Floyd did uh, Dark Side of the Moon with a lot of cool synth work, and then you know got got a little more back to the roots and just started playing some rock again. You know, so that's kind of what we're going is we're we've never really put out a, a true to true to root rock release. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that this this next effort of ours is going to be our chance to do that. Cool. All right. Uh, there was, and I heard somewhere that you were going to drop the name Never Shout Never. Was that, or did I mishear some information? Or oh no, we're going to keep it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not too worried about the name anymore. I mean, you know what I mean. The name is just. It'd be a shame to change it. It's just been around so long, and yeah. it would just. It just. It's. It's going to be fun to look at. You know that we're making here in three, four years, and compare it to. Uh, some of the uh, stripped-down acoustic tracks I was releasing about 16. It's just going to be a really fun comparison. Uh, I think it's going to kind of be like a Beach Boy comparison, you know, good vibrations and bop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it all stayed under that umbrella, and it all fit kind of like, like kind of like what you're doing. Terrific, sir. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank really you. appreciate it. This uh, will plop up before you're in Cincinnati, and uh, we'll promote all those dates coming up. And then I know you're over in Europe uh, after this, and then hopefully right. we'll see you back in North America and some other hey, markets. Thanks I a lot, for. man. All right, Chris. Thanks appreciate a lot. It. All right, bye bye. All right, take care, dude. And thanks to Chris Engel of Never Shout Never. And this track here we're listening to is a simplistic, trans-like getaway. Kind of sums up the uh, whole album there. Very uh, keyboardy, a little more keyboardy than his previous work. And speaking of keyboardy, why we are going to talk to someone who really knows how to tickle those keyboards. That, of course, would be the lovely Shantus Lights from Canada. Her new album is Siberia. And this track is called Toes. It is the brand new single. And we talked to Lights about her new album, as well as working with her friend Adam Young from Owl City. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Reporter, it's Lights. How you doing, Lights? Hi, I'm not too bad. How are you doing? Very good. Doing very good. Uh, good to talk to you again. Um, it is amazing to talk to you again. Yes, uh, we're sad you're not coming uh, into our neck of the woods, which would be Cincinnati, at least. Uh, on I this... know there's actually a bunch of uh, places we're not hitting on this tour, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be back like right and early next year, which we are. That's so cool. It's kind of cryptic, but we are. <laughs> okay, well, we're recording this the day after your new album, Siberia, has come out. Yes, and, feels uh, great. Yes, uh, why the title Siberia? I know it's one of the tracks on the album, but. Uh, did you feel a particular loneliness or desolation in writing the the album? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. My perception of Siberia is a little different than maybe what common reference that you get when you hear that word is. Um, the creation of this record was really exciting. After really spending some time shedding those expectations of a first record and wanting to make the same thing over again, I really did want to try something new and, and push the music and go outside of my comfort zone and make the music I really, really enjoy listening to as opposed to doing the same record over. So we found this, you know, I found this new kind of heaviness in like some dubstep elements that I started to apply to music in Broaden, Holy F. I don't know if you, I can see the full version of their name, but I brought in Holy F, um, a great electro band from Canada, to, to basically grime up the record and make it a little bit grittier. So once we kind of established this new darker direction, it really was, a, we were walking unknown territory. There were moments in the studio where I would get butterflies and just think, wow, this is new. I've never heard this before. This is 
totally uncharted land, and it's exciting, it's adventurous, and a bit scary. And, and those are all, to me, what Siberia is. Ah. I've always been fascinated with that country. Interesting. Um, now, we, when we spoke last time, I was surprised, because I'd interviewed uh, your, your buddy Adam Young from Owl City. Uh, yeah. Right around the same time, because it was, I think, for the same uh, leg of shows you guys were doing. Um, and uh, I was surprised to find out that he has almost no knowledge of synth pop history. And I later found that that's because he kind of got into it for a different reason. And you have a f pretty vast knowledge of synth pop history, uh, considering your young age. You're not an old man like me. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to recommend something to you. You may have seen this. Um, you know, YouTube limited the amount of minutes you can upload something uh, for a long time there. But now there seems to be no limit on it. And somebody uploaded the entire documentary, Synth Britannia. Which, oh, uh, wow. So any fans of electronic music listening, you need to check that out. It's got all the giants on it, Depeche Mode, OMD, Kraftwerk, wow. Human League. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'd be right up your alley. And um, so uh, now all the songs, of course, getting back uh, around to this, uh, all your songs work acoustically, and you released that acoustic album. Interestingly, if you go to Spotify and hit Lights, uh, it brings up a little thing at the top of Top Hits. The first five songs are all from the acoustic EP. Wow, Isn't that weird? that's interesting. Yeah, very cool. I think there, there's something people are drawn to naturally uh, about something a bit more raw and hearing something more in its natural state. And I mean, although even going to this new record, I mean, although it is electronic and it's not acoustic, it um it is a lot more live and a lot more real than the last record. That was the exciting thing about about making it. I mean, the the songs of Siberia and Everybody Breaks the Glass, for example. Those are pulled from our, our very first jam session with the two guys from Holy F. And those jam sessions were live. The pieces of the song that make up the core of those songs are actually played in live. You know, it's not like the previous record, some, some electric stuff that if you lay it in track by track, you, you can perfect it, you can tune it, you can tie it perfectly. Like, there's something a bit more real about it. I think people are attracted, attracted to those elements, especially with so much now sounding so perfect. Well, I think it's uh, nice to hear some mistakes, you know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the thing too is what it always comes down to is, and, and OMD have always said this, and Depeche Mode have always said this, is that it really comes down to the songs, and the songs can can work by themselves without absolutely, all the electronics, absolutely. and that's certainly the case. You can strip something down, and the song, the song still shines. Yeah. Put whatever the heck you want on it. Um, I actually, you know, spent some time away this year just on my own, making sure that all these songs could translate acoustically and making sure that I, I perfected each one acoustically because if you can't if you can't play something like that just on its own, then what's holding the song together? Not, nothing. Maybe a drum, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, you wound up in the video for uh, Deer in the Headlights by Owl City. That was yeah. quite a treat. Uh, how did, did you have to go to Minnesota to make that? Because I know he, he tends not to travel any farther than he has to, it seems. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he's, he's even come more out of his shell than ever. He's He's, uh, he's, he was amazing. He actually did the shoot in L.A. Oh, okay. And invited me out for the day to be in it. And I thought, this is so fun. And he's always supported me so much. And I, I, I would, of course, yes. you know, drop, drop anything and go out him out. So went to L.A. for a day, tackled L.A. traffic on my own for the first time. Huh. Oh, wow. Drove out a, a few hours to this, like, canyon in the desert where we shot this video. And it was phenomenal. I pulled up to the spot at, at long last after fighting the worst traffic ever to find this little convenience store that seemed like, you know, it had been abandoned by by the future. And uh, a DeLorean and a couple of years sitting in the parking lot. I thought this was going to be a fun video. <laughs> huh. 
That's cool. And he uh, and uh, Adam looking a bit like a badass in the video, quite frankly. He's looking like a badass. He, he really is. is. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he really is. He's he's really come coming to his own, and I think that that that's something that comes as you go. Like I, I've even noticed that in myself with this record. You know, over the past couple of years, you find yourself in it and with it. And at the beginning, it's a little rough, but that's like anything. Yes. It's like anything, it's it's hard to get into the into the path and the exercise of it. And uh, then you also sing on the track Yacht Club on his album. Did you go to Minnesota for that, or is the technology such that you can do that over the uh, over the internet, as they say? Oh, it was the internet, man, and it is awesome. And that's oh, kind totally. of like the basis of how our relationship started in the first place. You know, we met on MySpace, and then we tweeted each other and all oh, that okay. kind of stuff. And we've supported each other in it, so it was only fitting that this collaboration took place long distance. I remember I, he sent me what he wanted me to sing, and I sent it right back to him. That, that's how uh, I had Shad on my new record. Shad, a great rapper from Canada, had him on two of the tracks on the record. It was all done via email, sending things back and forth. So great collaborations can happen like that now. It's bizarre. Uh, interestingly, uh, back a couple of weeks ago, we had Paul Humphreys from OMD on the podcast, and when those guys got back together, they used to both live in Liverpool, but now uh, Paul Humphreys lives in London and Andy McCluskey lives in Liverpool, and they tried doing that, and then they realized they only wrote like three songs in the space of a year doing that, they realized we've got to be in the same room. Uh, but I guess it's yeah, because... Some, some things, I think for features, it's certainly a lot easier than actually writing together and being yeah. collaborative with it. I mean, what would you say, uh, throw some words on here, or do this, you know, that's a lot easier than being like, okay, let's together but at a distance that's certainly a lot harder I, I can't imagine trying to do it even on Skype that might be a complicated thing yeah um let me see. In my notes here, I had uh, I had written down day one for some reason. I have no idea what my question was about that. So I guess I'm going to move on to the to the. Uh... Well, the day one is an interesting track. I mean, like I was saying, that that is one track that was it's actually the last nine minutes yes. of our instrumental uh, of our first jam session. Um, okay. So that's completely live, completely invented as you're hearing it, which is quite the antithesis of electro. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, we were literally just jamming and then. The next day we came in and kind of listened to that jam session. Like I said, after that we pulled Siberia and everybody breaks the glass. And then the last nine minutes, the sun was kind of setting over Toronto. We were all just sitting around listening to this track, which was titled Day One because it was our first day one jamming together. Um, and uh, the sun was setting, it was winter, and it was beautiful. And we're like, this is awesome. And I'm like, this is going on the record. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> Well, very nice. Uh, well, uh, I've been enjoying the album. Um, the girls haven't heard it yet because our computer crashed, and I just hooked it up. Uh, I hooked it up moments before we called you because the the old computer we're using from the basement didn't have Skype on it. I thought it did, so I felt like Mr. Scott. Oh no! Trying to computer get, crashes are the worst. Yeah, I, try, I felt like Mr. Scott trying to get the Enterprise back together to beam Captain Kirk back uh, over the Enterprise before I called you because I only got five minutes before I've got a caller. But um. Well, maybe the force be with you in that healing. Exactly. Well, the, but I'm sure the girls will be enjoying it. Um, although Liz, you heard toes. Did you like toes? She did. She's nodding. <laughs> we listened to that yesterday driving around. We had to run some errands, so uh, we uh, listened to that and. Uh, Awesome. Well, I'm, cool. I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Yeah, I like Peace Sign a lot, too. I think that should be the next single. That's what the people are saying. It's really been interesting because, you know, the record came out yesterday, and I've just been having such a great time looking at the feedback on it and uh, looking at people's favorite tracks. And it just it just feels so exciting to see that because I've been the one, only one knowing these songs. You know, I want to share oh, yeah, them, yeah. but the secret you can't let out. And now I get to finally see people's feedback on what their favorite tracks are and... It's pretty cool. And Lizzie has a comment. I was looking for a different 
uh, playlist, and then I've turned off February Air because my birthday is in February. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's one of her oh, favorite songs. Oh, she's... how relevant to that yeah, song. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and we both like uh, Last Thing on Your Mind, which I'm saddened is not available in an acoustic version. When that EP came out, we were kind of... Yeah, you know, I actually never made a solid acoustic version of that. There Maybe that'll have to come. There, there are a couple online for sure. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, I think uh, that covers about everything. Um, hopefully, we'll, hope we'll get you here in Cincinnati. Um, the uh, print portion of this will run in City Pages, which is what the uh, print interview was for. Hopefully, Cincinnati oh, awesome. down the road, and then um, we're going to link back to it from the City Pages website. People will be able to hear this podcast and also a printed Q and A online. So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with me, and, nope. and I'm so glad you're enjoying the record. It's nope, no problem. And if you're in. When you're in Cincinnati, we'll try to take you up to a Tim Hortons. Uh, we have one that's north of town. Uh, I am in. You know, I did a signing yesterday, and three fans on different occasions brought me Tim Hortons gift cards. Oh, cool. It's like five bucks, but it was super cute. People, if you haven't seen the artwork of the album, you'll see a thank you to Tim Hortons in the thank you. Oh, cool. Yeah, we um, they're they're north of the city here. They haven't come actually down into Cincinnati. They built them when Wendy's used to own them. But um, my buddy and I used to go to the one. It's no longer there. I looked at it on Google Earth. It's, it used to be across the street from the old Maple Leaf Gardens on a church in Carlton. Oh, yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, we used to we used to go record shopping up there uh, back in the day. At, uh, Sam, oh, Sam, no Sam, way. That is awesome. Sam the oh, Record Man. Back. Yeah, Sam the Record Man there on Yonge Street. And there was another big yes. place there, too. It was just uh, d- up the street from it. Uh, as well. And there were a couple uh, of smaller shops possibly, around. Possibly uh, Sonic Boom. or That was one of them. Yeah, those were one of the smaller ones, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of good spots. Like an, unfortunately, a lot more of them are closing down. Yeah, sad, yeah. Well, it's the, the the business is changing, but you seem to be uh, riding the wave quite nicely, ma'am. Thank you very much. That being said, we did release a vinyl in February, and it's amazing. It's like a red vinyl, and okay. I'm so proud of it. I'm cool. looking at it. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am. No problem. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Lights for joining us. Uh, this song is called Peace Sign. That's the song I mentioned in the interview uh, as being my favorite from the new album. Thanks also to Chris Engel of Never Shout Never. You can find tour dates for Lights at imlights.com. Chris Engel you can find at nevershoutnever.com. PF's tape recorder was written and performed by Patty Wilson, Jim Lugers, and Gary Burbank. The music for rock band Roadie, courtesy of Shadow Raptor. PF's tape recorder logo designed by Dan Cobell. Follow him at Tigerdactyl on Twitter. Theme music for P.F.'s Tape Reporter, written by John Varopoulos, with a little help from me. Performed by John Varopoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a very tiny bit of help from me. Like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at P.F.66, and if you downloaded this from someplace other than Podbean, like iTunes, first of all, thank you. And second of all, you can cruise over to pfradio.podbean.com, and there you will find links to all of the talented people who worked on today's show. Well, until next time, so long, and thanks for listening. 